He's a political idealist, not a murderer. Okay, welcome to the Weekly Song Podcast. We're actually back properly now. Um, it's an actual episode. Yeah, um, so, you know, if you've been listening uh, over the course of lockdown so far, lockdown 2020, you will have heard us uh, do a few, you know, uh, songwriting episodes but without us actually writing songs from scratch and now we're back to the actual show's format which is Declan Kitchener and I I'm Roger by the way I usually say my name and now I forgot um <laughs> so I'm Roger Heathers with me is Declan Kitchener how you doing I'm doing fine um yeah just uh trying to fill up some time before I go back to work well what better way to do that than with writing a song from scratch um, you've written one, I've written one, and we've listened to each other's now, I think? Uh, yes, yeah. And, uh, quite yeah. a bit last minute. Won't go into further details, but... <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, but, uh, yeah, so we, we, on this show, we discuss how we wrote the songs, and we discuss songwriting in general, and I'm actually really excited to hear, you know, a new song from you, and to have written a new song, because I, I've been kind of out of practice myself, if I'm honest. Oh, likewise. I think I said before, this is the only time I actually get to do any songwriting, so it's a uh, nice to sort of exercise those muscles again. Definitely, definitely. It's well worth doing, because, um, I don't know, like, sometimes this week, this season I found that I, I managed to get back into the groove quite quickly, but sometimes if I take a month or two off of writing, um, it's much harder to, like, know how to start a song and that sort of thing again, or kind of get the juices flowing. Yeah, it's kind of like, how did I used to do this for like for seven weeks at a time? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it seems like a kind of like gargantuan amount of time when you're not doing it, isn't it? Exactly. But, but uh, yeah. Yeah, we've both got stuff. And I think, I believe it is your go to go first. So what is your song called, sir? My song is simply called You Lied. And <gasps> I speak nothing but the truth. How <laughs> dare you? I will not stand for this blasphemy. And um, it's a it's an upbeat little number. Um, count the the key changes as you listen. Um, and I suppose we'll listen to it now, shall we? You lied, lied, lied when you said that you loved me. And you lied, lied, lied when you said we were through And I cried, cried, cried to the heavens above me And I tried, tried, tried to get a message to you well, There's no fool in me no more, I know the games you play I've been through all these lines before, and I know what you say Cause you lied, lied, lied when you said that you loved me you lied, lied, lied when you said we were through. And I cried, cried, cried to the heavens above me. And I'll try, try, try to get a message to you. You know the tricks to call me back and put me in my ease. <laughs> when my old stone begins to crack and it brings me to my knees. Lied, lied, lied when you said that you loved me. Oh no, you lied, lied, lied when you said we were through. And I cried, cried, cried to the heavens above me. 
And I'll try, try, try to get a message to you We well, lied, lied, lied when you said that you loved me And you lied, lied, lied when you said we were through And I cried, cried, cried to the heavens above me And I'll try, try, try to get a message to you You can call me up when you feel lonely You can call me up when you feel sad You can call me up when you don't feel so good You don't need to make me feel so bad And you lied, lied, lied when you said that you loved me You lied, lied, lied when you said we were through And I cried, cried, cried to live above me And I'll try, try, try to get a message to you So that was uh, my new one, You Lied I quite like Yeah, thank you it's got a very country-esque atmosphere. It almost feels um, like uh, Goodbye from the Abbey Road box set that I lent you a while ago. Mm. The Paul McCartney demo. Yeah, which is a great, great song. One of my favourites. Um, it's definitely got that vibe to it. A little bit of um, country music in there. Particularly, this wasn't intentional, but just the sound of it came out like a kind of Hank Williams song. You know, like Jambalaya or... Hey, good looking or something. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to mention that because uh, you've played Hank Williams in the car when you've given me a lift before. And uh, is that something that you particularly drawn from songwriting before? Like, I know Daiquiri is very country flavour, but is this something that you normally try and put into your songs? Hmm, good question. Um, it's, it kind of uh, speaks to the point that you were making on um, the episode we did about genre. Um well, the episode was about non-rock favourites of ours. Um, and you were saying that genre doesn't so much inform something as just the music itself. And I th- I kind of feel that way with country. Like, if you take the label of country music in terms of, you know, like the slide and the fiddle and the type of lyrics you get, I think you're left with quite a... Um, quite a well-written chorus, especially with the hits in country music and Hank Williams' music particularly, um you know pretty much uh box chords sort of sort of a structure so you know very much straightforward chords but usually a very good melody so mm. um i'm always drawn to that whether i'm not a huge country fan but whether it's willie nelson or you know um uh, what's his toes uh, hank hank williams like i said before <laughs> um they they're usually really melodic writers and i was just sitting around one night the, the way the song started for me was i was just sitting, sitting around um just like thinking i think i wasn't even like playing guitar and um i just had this thing coming to my head um in this accent as well the accent came with it. i was like and you lied 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 when you said that you loved me and you lied 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 when you said we were through i was like and it uh, it was like okay right i think i need a song and that it sounds like a song uh that i could kind of like build upon but it wasn't like the lyrics particularly tied into anything in my life, as far as I can tell. Um, but I thought, hey, that's a good melody. Let's roll with it. 
There was a yeah. There's. I was going to ask whether the lyrics were like um, specific to something in your life, but you've just answered that one now. Also, yeah, that line like with that melody, like you lied, lied, lied when you said you love me. Like you really do need an American accent to do that properly because, I, as you can hear from me just trying it there, it just doesn't work if you try and do it in any kind of British accent. <laughs> you lied, you lied, you lied. But you said, said that you, you loved me. me. <laughs> yeah, you need you need a, like that southern drawl to do that, don't you? Yeah, it's uh, part of the part and parcel of the whole country style flavory thing. Yeah, um, country style flavory thing is that a title? <laughs> I think that's the title. I think we got one. Um, I just I suppose the, like the standout thing in this track to to me um, as the person who wrote it is um, is the amount of times it changes key. Yes, I was a bit surprised by the first one, and then like it kept going. I was like, "Oh, I I see." Well, there was this kind of plan in 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 my head at one point because um, I showed I showed the song to my dad, and he no, I showed the chorus to my dad. I played it. I played just the "You lied, you lied" up until trying to get a message to you part, and he went, and I was like, "Oh, what I want to do is like take this country chorus and like." then walk down to a much more like contemporary like indie alt rock type of minor verse so like it has a real um contrast between the chorus and the verse and he said well i reckon what you should do is you should like do one of those those classic country music chord changes where like you go up and i was like oh i could do you know i just kind of like knew what the fifth was of the semitone above's key so i was like Mm. i just played it on the guitar and he was like yeah that's good that's good um and I was like, oh, yeah, that, that's a really cool thing to do. It's a little bit of a cliche, so I thought, I've got a few options. I can either try to be smart with the way that I modulate at least a couple of times, or I can, like, modulate over and over and over and over again because that chorus, when you get to the end of it, you have the option to modulate to the semitone above forever, you know? So I was going to do that. I just imagine, but... like, there's a version of this song somewhere that just continually goes upwards and upwards in pitch and it ends up just being a pair of chipmunks singing it. <laughs> You've done that before in one of your songs as well, haven't you? Probably, I don't remember. <laughs> oh, there's a specific one. Oh, I'll edit it in if I can remember what it is. <laughs> do, but... do. Hello, this is Declan during the edit. Uh, the song I'm actually referring to is a song of Rogers called For All I Know, which you can find on episode 53 of the podcast, A Chord You Can't Ignore. Check that out, it's a good episode. Right, back to the show. Um... Uh, no, I I'm not sure, but I do know that um, Beyonce's "Love on Top" does that. Uh, that that goes up and up and up and up and up, and that's kind of the draw of it. But what I decided to do is it goes up once after, like I think, the second or third chorus, and then repeats in a higher key, and then it goes and then it does that fifth thing again, fifth for the semitone above key. But then you expect it to go into another third chorus, but it goes into a bridge, so it's like. Uh, so, like, the first chorus is in C, and then it modulates to C sharp for, like, a secondary truck driver change, key change. And then it modulates again to D, and, you th- like I say, you think you're gonna, it's going to do the chorus, but it actually goes into this bridge. And then the final chorus is also in D. So you kind of have shifted from C to D from the start to the end of the song, which I was kind of like, it's been done before, but I was pretty proud of it, you know, as a tool. Well, it's kind of nice to know as well that it's not just, like, uh, last chorus shift from C to D, like there is like a bit more of a progression in it. Yes, yeah, I think that that's the thing that has put me off those type of modulations in the past. You know, it's that classic thing you listen to um, 
Mariah Carey or, or the Backstreet Boys or something, and everything's in, let's say, C for the entire song, and then at the end it goes quiet and it goes dum dum, and it goes into D. It's like it works and it sounds epic and everything, but it's a very easy trick to like shove in there. Whereas I think it's if- a cheap way to liven up a song that's maybe not introduced enough harmonic elements to interest its re- uh, listener for a long time. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, it, it has its place and everything like that. Um, but I think, I think you know, I speak for both of us when I say um, the modulations that we like. Correct me if I'm wrong here. Um, are like you know the Penny Lanes and and that sort of thing. And I'm the Walrus, where like it, it changes in a very unusual way that you maybe don't even notice. Or if it does do like the standard key change up, like it's got to serve the point of the song, like you know. My favourite key change where it does that is a key change uh, uh, in from the verse to the chorus of We Are the Champions. It goes from E flat to F, but it's lifting on a very like uh, positive group message and everything. So that suits the tone of the song. Mm, yeah. Whereas, like for example, if you've got something like Since You've Been Gone, love that song to bits, but like there's no function served by shifting up to A at the end. Yeah, exactly. There's not like there's not like a thought process behind it other than let's you know heighten the mood here yeah yeah um so i mean modulations are a really cool thing in fact there's something i would like to get better at and maybe i'll try that over the course of this series um here and there but but usually they're they're used in that sort of quite um prescriptive way um so so yeah um I mean, let me think, let me think about the song. Lyrically, I suppose, like I say, the chorus kind of came out of nowhere. And I could kind of sit here and claim like, oh, you know, it's about this relationship or that relationship or or whatever in the past. But they're just the lyrics that came into my head at the time. Um, For the verses, um, it was just kind of like thinking. It wasn't like as kind of like thought out as this, but like if Hank Williams wrote that chorus what words would he write for the verse, you know? Um, and it was just kind of like filling in those blanks and writing more melodically than it was like writing um, to convey something that I was thinking about, so to speak. So lyrically, in terms of this song, you were more putting yourself in another songwriter's shoes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I completely. And I know I sound a bit sort of like, you know... Um, non-committal by saying this but i definitely was trying to write for hank williams shoes you know as for him as a songwriter but at the same time it's very much my song in the way it's structured or something i don't know there's there's no way you can sort of stop like a song you work on being your song even if you're trying to do it in the style of someone else Mm, mm. but uh yeah i do quite like that there's also a load of fiddly guitar runs in there is that just something to spice that up for you as well or is that just like a you know look how smart i am uh (laughs) a little bit of both um i mean some of it's just to provide variation um um so i mean for example like uh if the song is based largely around c f g you know what i mean which it really is Mm. one four five and then the the corresponding one four fives of C sharp and D major respectively, um, you know. Once you go to um, the five of a scale, I know that there's certain little licks and runs I can do which fit well in the country genre as a guitarist. Less less so of a songwriter as a songwriter than more of a, of a guitarist. 
more as a guitarist. And um, so, I mean, you know, you have the bit before the, I think, the second chorus where it goes... And um, I just like that as a bit of music. And I didn't obviously write that um, originally. That's that's from like old show tunes and vaudeville and stuff like that. But it's just such a cool thing to do on the fifth to then go back into your chorus. I mean, and also just like I'm thinking of this song in terms of how I'm going to produce it as well. So um, when I demoed it, um, which is the demo that you've heard, Declan, and which um, you listening have also heard, um, I was thinking like, okay, rather than just having a, a potential drummer go doom t doom t the entire way through the song which could happen you know because it's that kind of song um mm. have bits where they have to like really test themselves and like do different fills and have different syncopations and allow the bass to do something more interesting it's just kind of like an in, in an effort to create something much more interesting for me and for the listener um rather than just kind of like strumming the same rhythm because i know this makes me sound like a music snob but songs that strum the same rhythm for the same time don't usually hold my attention for me as a listener and i think i've got like adhd or something when it comes to music but <laughs> but i like stuff that changes a lot so that's kind of <laughs> a long answer think, for a short question i think we've discussed that sort of thing before i suppose that also sort of um means that you're not relying on production then to sort of do all that work for you the work of variation and making uh you know, the song interesting to listen to over a period of time yeah yeah i um I always think of this thing Kate Bush said, and I'm paraphrasing the hell out of it here, but she said, you only really have two tools with being a musician or a songwriter. Um, one is sound and the other is time. And if you have a three-minute song or a three-minute piece of music that you're expecting somebody to spend three minutes of their life listening to, then the you have the tool of, of sound as well, and you can sculpt it so that variations happen all the way through and... And I also, I think, I think uh, on another note, it kind of helps the production process to, instead of taking like a kind of all the way through strummed song to an arranger or a producer or an engineer and going, hey, let's spice this up by adding sections. It's almost like, like Freddie Mercury said that he likes to get the sort of like skeleton of a song and then add, add all the fiddly bits later. I kind of opt for the, for the approach of get the skeleton, definitely don't add loads of fiddly bits, but add the fiddly bits as part of the skeleton. So, like, when you get to the production stage, you can then go, oh, okay, we've already got these parts which need some drum fills and stuff. I think that's definitely true. I think that's a good way of thinking of working if you're a solo musician. I think if you're a band, it's a bit easier because then you can sort of, like, if, I don't know, the guitarist brings in a four-chord song, the bass can say, okay, well, what if we do that? And if I play this for the second run-through so it's a bit different, and then the drummer says, oh, I'll do this and I'll emphasise this. Uh, but mm. if you're like thinking in the mindset of like a producer or a single songwriter, mm. then definitely there is a lot of value to what you're saying, sort of to build uh, more melodic variation more intrinsically into the song. Yeah, yeah, I think um, it's definitely different for bands, isn't it? I mean, because bands kind of take the basic DNA of a song, which can be, you know, in any form, really. And like you say, add in oh the drummer goes oh i want to like play a ramon style beat for this and then because it's a democracy the bassist and the guitarist go you know let's give that a go um as opposed to like um you know your todd rundgrens and your princes of the world who go i'm playing everything on this record so i need to arrange it or else no one else is going to you know <laughs> yeah i have to be able to get that line produced arranged performed and composed by <laughs> <laughs> by by me, <laughs> yeah. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, but I'm I'm quite liking the sound of that one. Is that uh, looking likely for a project or something? Yeah, definitely. Um, um, I'm I've been meaning this week actually to take the demo, which you know I recorded for the show, and uh, and basically like put it to a grid, um, put basic accents in there, send it to um, a drummer, and then send it to you, um, and then um, yeah, so it's going to be pegged for something. Um, I'm not quite sure what the project's going to be yet. Oh, but I think it's going to be called Kindergarten. That's kind of my working title for my next um, solo endeavour. So that might be an EP or an album, or is this going to be winter tape Kindergarten? Oh, man, I never know. It's so crazy. I mean, with <laughs> with like um, with an EP album thing, I always go to myself, oh, you know, oh, I fancy making something. Let's make it achievable. So it's going to be a four-track EP that has a certain tone and vibe to it. And then, of course, I keep writing and I keep getting new ideas and then it grows into an album and then it's kind of... It can be overwhelming because then you go, oh, all right, I didn't expect myself to give myself this work to do. Um, God damn it, myself. <laughs> but Why do it, I keep you around? Probably an EP. I, I fancy doing an EP. I haven't done one in... Um, well, I did one quite recently, actually, but I fancy doing another one, okay? <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing that. Thank you. Um... Yeah, I mean, just one little thing about this song to to finish off on on my bit is um, I think writing a country song um, was a good way to get my songwriting muscles back into gear. You know what I mean? Like writing something that wasn't super riff heavy and didn't require me to like think outside of the box too much, but allow me to just like kind of like be melodic again, practice my lyric writing skills again and, you know, hopefully have a strongish song for week one. So... So, I suppose yeah. that's I suppose that's a good way to sort of re-enter songwriting. I think I think I probably should have done that this week, but uh, sort of say something like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to write a electro pop song, or I'm going to write a reggae song, or I'm going to like try something odd to get your brain back into gear." Because once it's actually started thinking about something it's not used to doing, then it will start thinking about the things it does like doing and it knows how to do. And then when you come to do a new one. Or like uh, just a regular song for whatever catalogue of music you create, then the brain's already going. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because the brain likes to do what it knows how to do. You know, in in writing, doesn't it? Hmm. Indeed. But um, your song this week, uh, if you're ready to go on to it, it's it's less. Well, we'll talk about it soon, but. It, you maybe did not put quite as simple as a, of an approach as I did this time. Is that fair to say? Um, my approach was depressingly similar to my regular approach, and I'll clarify that later. <laughs> All right, let's take a listen to it then. What's your song this week called? Oh, God knows. Um, it's currently called The Road Beneath Us. I think that's a working title. If I decide to change the title between now and the episode going out... Uh, you'll hear it in a gap here. If there is nothing in that gap, it means that I've not been able to think up of anything better. Here is a song. <laughs> the sun today is beating downwards onto the empty road. Go mile after mile, draw 
happened It seems to be all my kin on this way I don't know what will happen But if it's wrong I can just drive away Beneath us, yes, currently. I like that title. That's a nice title. That's that's really cool, um, and great song as well. Um, I think a strong week one for you. Um, Thank you. So, can I just guess right off the bat? This was my first thought. Is it lockdown inspired? Not really. There's a little bit of it in there, but not. Okay, that's not like the starting point for it. Because I, I heard the, the first lyric, um, obviously paraphrasing here, um, you know, the, the sun is, is coming down on on empty streets. And I thought, you know, I looked out my window and that's exactly what's happening here. But, but you know, tell me about it. What's, what's it all about? Um, well, I suppose we'll start with the lyrics then. Um, that image of, like, the sun coming down onto empty streets was kind of, or onto the empty road, I should say, was a little lockdown inspired, but that's a, the about as far as it really goes. Because uh, when I thought, okay, well, if you're on the road, what are you doing? Driving. I like driving. I like driving in the sun. I like driving in the sun where there's no roads. So that's basically what the first verse and chorus are all about. Like, um, you know, you got the windows down, the tunes are playing, and I go where I want to go. I like um, it. Uh, it's long and short of it is it's about liking traveling like my family are i'm not sure if we're weird or not i've actually actually not tested this with loads of other families or anything but we're all a bit uh to some extent mechanically minded i'm probably the least mechanically minded out of my family but we also all like traveling not in the sense of like going to different uh places and seeing far off things we just actually enjoy traveling like the you know driving a car or like being passengers or things like that mm-hmm. 
like uh, that's what the road beneath us kind of means because I think my mum uh, said at some point like you lot are all the same you're like the wheels turning beneath you and everything I just thought <laughs> that's a line uh, I'll keep that oh that's so that, lovely so that explains why you've got the chorus that way I don't know how it happens but it seems to be all my kin are this way uh. and if it's wrong I can just drive away so that's basically what that's about the second verse uh, is kind of just about walking. It's a similar idea, but again, kind of lockdown sparked, but not really about it. Is that I've just been enjoying going for an hour's walk every day. It's really nice. Yeah, absolutely. Just, just go out, have a walk, and then you know you've you're obviously um, quite hot because it's warm outside and like you if you're out of shape like me you begin to sweat a little bit just come inside you have a nice lolly and a drink and it's lovely uh and you've actually had some time to think as well which is nice so that's what that's about um uh the only other lyrical bit to that is the bridge which is no end or a plan keep on going till there's no land uh, no reason around but my traveling is my time it's just like again just enjoying the sensation of going somewhere did do you think that because you said that comes from your family do you feel like that love of traveling did you travel a lot as a kid i guess i'm wondering uh no again it's not really about um traveling to destinations it's just about you know actually moving yeah i suppose yeah uh, i get that like um my dad's a car nut my brother's a mechanic my sister is a of a car nut she's currently restoring up a beetle i think and Hmm. i'm like i say i'm probably the least mechanically minded but i absolutely love long drives in the sunshine like i think i've written strange journey about that before like part of that is just about enjoying driving down to cornwall yeah yeah so that's kind of one thing i'm missing at the moment but one thing i sort of really looking forward to is just my first big long drive once everything gets sorted out it's so nice, isn't it? Um, just a quick thing. I mean, because of lockdown, the times I've gone out for a drive just to, like, get petrol or something, something really mundane, they've been, like, the funnest times. <laughs> just, like, because you realise in the car you could have music as loud as you want and it won't bother anyone. And you can, like, sing at the top of your lungs and it's just freeing, isn't it? Yeah. It's just kind of... Uh, it's your own sort of space disconnected from the rest of the world. And there's always something to sort of keep your mind sort of focused on the present but also you've got all this time to yourself to think in the background about everything else that you'd like to do like um Mm. you know i was i was quite happy with the way we sort of did the podcast before i had like an hour and a half drive to get down to where we record it's just like i love this get some time to be chilled to myself every week it's great yeah it's nice isn't it yeah more uh, more driving after lockdown. I think that's a, that's definite. Burn more petrol. Speed up that climate change. Come on, <laughs> we've got to like melt those polar ice caps. Hey, by the way, um, quick aside. You said your beetle. Yeah, uh, you said your sister was fixing up a beetle. Was it Paul or Ringo? It was Pete Best. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so, what about musically? Uh, musically, this one. Uh, it comes from well you were saying last week that you sort of begin to learn a bit about who you are in lockdown 
And I realised something quite depressing this week, which was that even if I've got an entire week to write a song where I'm literally not doing anything and I'm not going to work and, you know, my only alternative is watching, you know, DVDs and Blu-rays and things, I still write my song on day seven. (laughs) (laughs) Which is depressing as all hell to realise. But yeah, that's just came about from fiddling around with a few chords the first bit i actually got into my fingers was a um the sort of second half of the verse essentially Mm -hmm. so initially i thought it was going to be that would be like the main riff that you would base a song around until i started fiddling around with the first section the that bit you can tell I'm a singer, can't you? That was so out of tune. Um, uh, yeah, I was a bit worried about using it because it essentially what most of that boils down to is uh, your one chord and then sharp five, five, one, which is a bit cliche. But I figured, you know, if I just do it tons, <laughs> like <laughs> people will forget it's cliche and just associate it with that, so it's fine. Um, and also conscious effort to write uh, the song in B flat as well, just so I wasn't tempted to use many of the open strings, just because I like to be able to move these things around if I need to. Um, uh, after that, it was just like an exploration to see how many sections I could come up with and bolt together in an interesting way. So uh, the chorus, which is a B flat, and you're descending the fifth down a semitone each time, so it goes F, E, E flat, D. Hmm. Uh, I don't know how it happened. Just all over that bit. Uh, down to the five again to sort of uh, reset that. Uh, I just thought, okay, that wheat up a few minutes. That's in there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, only other major chord section was the the bridge which was a bit of an accident I uh, was trying to muck around put a major 7th in there Okay. and I played the wrong one so I can't remember what I was going to play but the song's in B flat and I ended up playing C sharp major uh, C sharp major major 7 which again walking down the root note semitone at a time seemed to work out okay and I've no idea how that works or why that works hmm. but um, doing that going down to an A flat and then the S sharp F thing again just seemed to fit so I thought fair play I'm not going to challenge that too much it's, interesting. it's very differently a different section right right I, I think it's interesting when you when you stumble across something musically where you go to a chord and you know like you said descend the root or something like that where you go oh i don't know why this works and you sort of in in unfamiliar musical territory for a second and you go oh i guess there's more for me to learn you know yeah i'm not a complete master of the art form yet <laughs> but i will be um uh yeah the only other bit was trying to get that sort of riff on the end of some of the verses in the choruses because I realised I was doing the sharp five five one uh, thing quite a lot and I was thinking like well I've got to be able to vary this up somehow so it's just like 
mucking around with the chords and saying, oh, if I go to there, if I go to there, if I go to the third, okay, cool, I can just chuck that in a couple of times and make it look like I'm being clever. <laughs> so uh, the desire to appear clever kind of wrote that section. <laughs> Dude, have you heard me on the podcast before? That's like how I write every single song. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, I like I like the fact that with this week's one, you know, to, it was a, it was an attempt to like like you said like come up with different sections that worked together, kind of like you know putting putting bricks together and seeing which ones work together, so to speak. That's an interesting way to write. Uh, yeah, well, it's basically just again, this was a, like a music first one, and I always tend to try and get like a rough structure musically sorted out beforehand, and then impart lyrics on the top of that. And very rarely do I ever feel the need to like change. Uh, the music to suit more what the words will be about mm. Uh, mm. so essentially the structure in this one ends up being like verse chorus verse bridge chorus but it turns out luckily that's about how long i can write about the subject of moving or traveling <laughs> <laughs> right, so, right like there was there was no major re-edit required there so with this one as you wrote the lyrics afterwards um do do you kind of like are you writing down chords and structures and everything, getting the instrumental together, but like sort of like humming a little melody to yourself, you know? Yeah. So quietly so the well. uh, so the chords have a little bit of the melody in them, so it's sort mm. of extrapolating that and then seeing where the melody fits over the bits that don't have melody in them. So it ends up being chord sequence first, then the vocal melody, and the very last thing being the words. Because I'm not a poet. <laughs> I uh, it's cool because they they fit really well. It's not like you kind of think, oh, the lyrics were definitely written afterwards. It sounds really cohesive and everything. So um, so yeah. I mean, it's uh, like I've said before, you know, numerous times. Um, I I don't usually write the lyrics afterwards, so it's always a curious thing for me to to see how you do it, sort of thing. I I find it like odd to try and write the words as you're trying to figure out the rest of the tune like yeah I, for you it seems like, it probably seems like the most natural thing in the world but like i can't i have to work on one thing at a time like building up the layers of the project i totally get that i mean that actually makes more sense if you think about it like oh let's take care of this and let's take care of that afterwards sort of thing makes way more sense i mean i'd be interested to know like because how soon after you started playing instruments do you start like singing or like composing your own tunes well singing I suppose is a more pertinent one to that question oh good question I mean so I started playing guitar at about the age of 11 um and piano um and then around probably like 13 I started like messing around with singing I remember one thing I used to do was um this is so you know teenage of me i used to listen to um nevermind by nirvana all the time and I, I i got obsessed with the idea of being able to to play smells like teen spirit and sing it at the same time and when i was about 13 maybe 14 i used to turn the guitar over so that i my fingers were on the back of the neck so i could pretend to play it and just kind of work up that way um but i started like writing songs at about the age of 14 that actually had words before that i just used to write riffs so it's kind of interesting that you, from 11 to 13, you only had like two years before you started really singing. Whereas yeah. I started, oh, I have to do some maths now, for fuck's sake. 
sorry, one second. Declan.exe has stopped working. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll start that again. It's interesting because I started playing the piano at 14. Mm. Um, I then started playing the guitar at 16. Uh, I didn't actually get round to writing songs or singing uh, until uh, probably I was about 19-ish. So it was like five years Right. If I've done my maths right, uh, five years before I started singing, and at that point I was already fixated on like writing chord sequences and writing. Like my my first songs are not like uh, songs with lyrics or anything. They are like just completely instrumental tracks that need a singer to go on top of them. Right. Right. (laughs) I think that's probably where we differ a little bit. So I spent much longer being the instrumental person. And even when I started singing, it was more just like, well, I'm just doing this because there's no one else to do it. So, Well, I mean, you know, me too, to an extent. I mean, when I when I first started playing, I used to do kind of the same thing. I, would, I got a four-track tape recorder for a birthday one year, and um, I used to just write instrumentals. I, they weren't like four vocalists, but like I think somewhere in me I was like, I need someone to sing on this. And then I started recording my own stuff and covers on this four-track tape machine. And I would, you know, lay down a vocal and I would show it to um, whoever was around sometimes. And it was, I think one of the reasons that I put off singing was that it was so nerve-wracking to show people my voice. And um, so I used to kind of get, you know, whoever in the family was around, you know, hey, come and listen to this press play and i just leave the room i'd go downstairs and just come back up when it was done um it's like that thing if you give someone like a present and you just leave the room while they unwrap it yeah yeah exactly it's just like i don't want you to hear me singing and i think so but the whole thing was for me like at the time i want to sound like what i listen to and so you know i listen to a lot of records where people sing um like most people do, I don't know why I need to clarify that. Um, and and uh, so I was, you know, I've got to sing, I've got to sing. And, and then, you know, I was awful when I first started singing, so terrible at singing. I used to have this vibrato that went, eh, 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 like that. But you you know, Essentially what you're saying is you sounded like a sheep. I sounded I'd love like to hear sheep. some of these uh, early records, like episode 100, that's what we need to do. <laughs> oh, God. Well, luckily I've lost a lot of those. Oh, damn it. But actually, I tell you what, maybe on like episode 100, if we do some kind of special thing, um, I've got the earliest band recording I that I have, and I was 14 during that, so we can take a listen and have a giggle at that. Uh, the earliest recording I've got uh, is from when I was 19, and I'll probably sound worse, so I'm actually not that keen for this idea. <laughs> I mean, I don't sound good. I mean, that's that's kind of the point. I, it does not sound good. Yeah, Am but I... at least you had the excuse if you're a lot younger than I was. <laughs> oh, man, my songwriting was so weird back then, too. Like, I didn't really... I didn't know what to do with lyrics. I just kind of wrote cool words. <laughs> you know? Hey, if it works for Mark Bolan... Yeah, true, then it works for me. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that you... I. Actually, I don't know what uh, sort of time... Because obviously there are loads of people who play instruments who don't sing or never take up singing at all. I'd be interested for people who do 
um, sing and play an instrument like did that come second and if it did like how long was it between like learning how to play music and attempting to sing Mm, that would be interesting to know actually I, I, who's more like the normal here you like two years or me like five yeah I think um I think quite often rock fans gravitate towards the guitar or the drums pretty quickly before vocals just from people I've spoken to I think the other type of musician you get who I think is quite markedly markedly different is um is the singer who then learns the something to accompany them a couple of years later on Mm. Um, and those singers, they often, from what I've seen, they often kind of like learn the basics of the guitar so that they can accompany themselves. But like they don't do what like maybe you or I did where like you learn the guitar first. So it's kind of your foundation from which you branch out to like learn new chords. Does that make sense? Uh, yes, that does make sense. Like, um, I suppose it sort of makes it makes sense that if like someone is interested in singing, then they're only going to really do the bare minimum or like, well, that's maybe a bit dramatic, but like they're not going to do as much guitar wise to sort of balance it out. I can speak to being the opposite, like, cause I'm so interested in trying to come up with nice stuff on guitar. I don't really exercise my, or like try and utilize my voice to it's probably it's maximum potential. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of the same. I mean, it's one of those things where I, I could spend a lot more time working on my voice than I do. I really, I record my voice all the time. And I think that the practice of doing that makes you a better singer because it makes you, it puts it under a microscope. So if you listen back to one performance of yourself, you go, "Ooh, I was flat there. I was too loud there. I was this and that. And a few years of doing that kind of like has made me better. But yeah, still like you, I just, I put the guitar first and I put, when people listen to anything that I make or do, I'm not ever saying hey guys listen to my voice <laughs> i'm always saying you should it's amazing I'm, I'm always saying like listen to the chords or listen to like the tune or something like that but not not really ever the voice oh but your voice is amazing like i don't want well, this to I turn into a love that. fest or anything but like you're one of the best singers i know well, i'll give you that 20 quid after the show oh fantastic <laughs> wait <laughs> oh damn it i have to drive an hour and a half oh what a shame i mean what a joy i mean i'm not breaking lockdown Oh dear, lockdown. Lockdown Quiet. schmockdown. <laughs> Do you want fries Quiet. with that, sir? Quiet. <laughs> the lockdown police will hear you. So greasy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I need to watch some more Simpsons. Yeah, me too. So that's it for this episode of the Weekly Song Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you've liked what you've heard, why not leave us a five-star review on iTunes, a uh, like or a thumbs up on SoundCloud. I can't remember which one it is at the moment, and I'm not going to bother to check. Uh, you could uh, follow us on Spotify uh, or on Podbean or on any other service on which we appear, uh, because I can't remember the list of all of them. Uh, if you want to get in contact with the show, again, why not leave a comment on one of these services or why not write uh, an email to weeklysongpodcast at gmail.com. We have had one or two emails in in the uh, interim. Uh, we will get onto those next week because we completely forgot about them this week because we're so professional. <laughs> yes. Um, don't worry. Where? Your emails are safe. Um, email. They're being guarded by our email bear. That's why we haven't done them. We can't get past him. He's quite a scary bear.
He, uh, yeah, we kind of hired him to like protect the emails, but he kind of like protects his his own interests too. I mean, we can't really talk to him. I think next time I'm going to just grab a jar of honey and just throw it at his face, and then while he's mauling me to death, uh, you can just snip around the back and grab the emails. Okay, so you're basically the Jesus of this podcast. You're sacrificing um, yourself so that I can get to the email. I'm only the Jesus if I resurrect myself three days later. There's no guarantee on that one. I'm just going to phone up Doctor Who, ask her about regenerating, see if um, see if she can help me with that. So, where can they find your music, Roger? They can find my music at rogerheathers.com. I'm also on Instagram, at rogerheathers, and you can follow me there, and I pretty much post everything there. Um, where can they find you? Nowhere. Nowhere? Yet. Aha. Uh-huh. Give it time. Yes, yes, yes. Um, some, some very sneaky things are going on behind the scenes here. <laughs> some very good things, actually. Um, yeah, I I won't say too much because it's your place to say, but what I've heard is very cool. I do like teasing people. Uh, I will give out details when there's actually things to announce. Uh, it's all a wee bit of flux at the moment, but once it's sorted, it's sorted, and I'll let you know. And we can all have fun. Uh, We shall see you next time. So, uh, yeah, enjoy life. uh, Be safe, be kind, and all of that fun stuff. Ta-ra. See you later. Ta-ra.